Good evening, my name is Jeff. Please take a seat. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Welcome to another year at church. Let me start off the year by asking you a question. What are you praying for for 2023? What are your kind of hopes, dreams? What are you longing for? What are you praying for in 2023? Let me give you a minute to uh, turn to each other and uh, have a chat about it. What are you praying for? What are you longing for for 2023? I'll give you a minute or so to talk about it. Okay, let's come back together. Tonight we're going to look together at uh, at Psalm 90. Can I encourage you to have a Bible open because we're going to read Psalm 90 again, think about what it means and how it applies to us as we come into 2023. Let's ask God for his help. Let's pray. A gracious God, do please help us as we look at your word now. Help us to understand it and guide and direct us as we come to this new year, please. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I reckon Psalm 90 has got some really good wisdom as we think through what to pray for in this coming year. It's important, as Paul Kelly's song says, be careful what you pray for because you just just might get it. So uh, I think there's good wisdom here in Psalm 90 for us. First thing to notice, uh, first thing to notice about Psalm 90 is the author. You see that in the heading there? It's written by, can you see it? Moses. That's the only psalm that we've got uh, that has Moses as the author that we're told is written by Moses anyway. It's quite unique in that way. Uh, notice also what it is. It's a prayer. So this psalm is directed towards God. Uh, have a look with me at the heading, the heading of the psalm, 90. A prayer of Moses, the man of God. Okay, who is this Moses? Let me give you a bit of background about Moses. He lived uh, around about 1,500 years before Jesus. Uh, Moses was born and grew up in the land of Egypt. Uh, the people of, of Israel were slaves in Egypt at the time. And at the time when Moses was born, there had been this terrible decree from the king, the pharaoh of Egypt. He decreed that all of the Israelite, all of the Israelite male children had to be killed. Uh, but Moses was rescued, and he ended up being brought up by Pharaoh's daughter, the adopted son of the king, of the daughter of the king of Egypt. Uh, when Moses grew up, God called him to be the one who would lead Israel out of their slavery in Egypt. Uh, maybe you remember the story if you've seen. Prince of Egypt, or the Ten Commandments, or something like that. Uh, all the plagues, uh, some of the plagues, blood and um, darkness and locusts and frogs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then it concludes with the Passover. So the angel of death passes over. Everyone who doesn't have the blood on the doorposts, they, the firstborn son dies uh, in Egypt. Uh, finally, the Egyptians let Israel go. They leave Egypt. They walk through the Red Sea into the wilderness. And from the wilderness, they come through to the promised land. But when they get there, the Israelites refuse to go in. They're scared of the occupants. They don't trust God to give them the land. They refuse to go into the land. And as a punishment, they're left to wander in the wilderness for 40 years until everyone over the age of 20 has died. And then the next generation will be given another chance to enter the land. While they're in the wilderness, you can read this in Exodus and Numbers and so on, there's all sorts of terrible things happened. The Israelites kept grumbling against God, they kept disobeying God, they kept following idols, they even built a golden calf as an idol, they kept on disobeying God, and time and time again they were punished. Disaster after disaster, snakes and civil war and disease and plagues, until that whole generation of adults was dead. That seems to be the context for this psalm. For Moses' prayer here, Israel are in the wilderness and life is hard because they're living under the judgment of God. And Moses starts off his psalm by talking about, it's this contrast, it's 
contrast between God and humans. So we start off with God. God is eternal. He always has lived. He always will live. He has always been God. He is the only hope for, for his people, for anyone. Verse 1, Psalm 90 and verse 1. Have a look at me. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God is eternal. But people, by contrast, are not. Certainly not in this world, certainly not in this life, certainly not in the wilderness. Moses reflects on the story of Adam. Remember God made Adam from dust and then when Adam sinned against him, he said, you will return to dust, you will die. Moses says that's how it is for everyone. God is eternal, but people will soon die. Verse 3. So, from everlasting to everlasting, God is God, but verse 3, you turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night, yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it's dry and withered. You get the contrast? God is eternal. People are soon dead. And Moses knows why. It's because we have all sinned against God. Like Adam, we all reject God. We disobey God. We grumble against God like the Israelites. We worship idols like the Israelites. And God is angry. That is why Israel was stuck in the wilderness. It's why they were all going to die. Verse 7. We are consumed by your anger, terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities, our sins before you, and our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Getting the picture so far? God is eternal, but people die because we've all sinned against God, incurred his anger. We will all die. That's the situation of Israel in the wilderness. And it's now that Moses goes on to pray or to to, to give his requests to God. He asks God for three things. For three things. He asks God first to, to give Israel wisdom. Second, he asks for mercy. And third, he asks that God would establish the work of their hands, help them to do something that lasts. So three things, wisdom, mercy, and establishment. First, first prayer. He asks God to help Israel understand reality, understand their situation, understand that God is angry with them and that they need to fear God, understand that they're soon going to die. He says that will, that's what will help them to be wise if they fear God and they realize that life is short if they live in the light of reality. Verse 11, if only we knew the power of your anger. Your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. It's a little bit like the Proverbs, don't you think? You remember the, the beginning of wisdom in the Proverbs? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And, and wisdom comes from knowing that we're under a death sentence. Moses asked God for wisdom. 
And, and then second, Moses asks God for mercy, that God would have compassion on them so they can have some joy and some peace in the few short years of their lives. Now, we don't know exactly when this prayer is written. We don't know if it's in response to a specific judgment, maybe after the golden calf incident or something like that. But, but whatever the specific situation, he's saying, God, will you please just stop with all this judgment? Will you please have mercy, have compassion on us? Verse 13, relent, Lord. How long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we've seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. Okay, so he's asked God for wisdom. He's asked God for mercy. And now Moses concludes his prayer with a third request to God. He asks God to establish the work of their hands, that is to, to enable them to do things that will last. This makes good sense in the context of the wilderness. Um, out in the wilderness, nothing they do lasts. They can't build any homes that last. They can't establish any buildings, any, any businesses that last because they, they're constantly on the move. And so this is ultimately a prayer that God will establish them in the promised land. Moses prays that the wandering will be over, that God will settle Israel in the land. They'll be able to do stuff that lasts. Verse 17. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Okay. You see what's here then in this psalm? Moses is reflecting on Israel's life in the wilderness. He acknowledges God is eternal, but people are sinful. They live under God's wrath and they'll soon die. And then Moses prays. He prays that Israel will understand this, that they'll understand God's anger and the shortness of their lives so they live with wisdom. Moses prays for wisdom. Moses also prays that God will have compassion, mercy on Israel, so they'll be able to rejoice in his goodness and love and salvation. And then third, Moses prays that God will establish the work of their hands, bring them to the promised land, so they can do things that will last. Three aspects, wisdom, mercy, establishing. As you know, friends, the New Testament tells us that our situation as Christians in this life is a, is, is a little bit parallel to the situation of Moses and Israel in the wilderness. Now, Moses and Israel, they, they had been rescued out of slavery and they were on their way to the promised land. So they're rescued from slavery, but they're not in the promised land yet. They're in the wilderness. Uh, the New Testament makes a big parallel with that for us as Christians. We've been rescued through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We've been rescued from sin and death and the devil. And we're on our way to our promised land, which is the, the new heaven and the new earth. But meanwhile, in this life, we are what the New Testament calls strangers, exiles, foreigners. We're in the wilderness, the equivalent of the wilderness in this life. The point is this, we're not home yet. We still live in this fallen world. We still sin. We still suffer. We still die. We're in the wilderness. Our promised land, our true home is heaven. And, and so because we're in this parallel situation with Moses and Israel, friends, there is stacks that we can learn 
from Moses's three prayers, or his prayer for three things here. I think these three things that Moses prays for would, would be would be excellent things for us to pray for in 2023. What did he pray for? Can you remember? The first one was wisdom. Second one was mercy, and the third one was establishment. Establishment. Let's think. Let's think about each more each of these a little bit more. First, be good for us to pray for wisdom. Now, the fact remains, God is eternal. A thousand years in his sight, like just a couple of hours. But for us, we're here today and gone tomorrow. Did you enjoy New Year's Eve last night? Probably only going to get 70 of them. Enjoy it. <laughs> like grass, Moses says, we are fresh and green in the morning, withered and dry by evening, and our lives will probably be hard. And, and soon we're going to die. Somehow on the North Shore of Sydney, we seem to think we have this false impression that life is easy and we're going to live forever. Where We're wealthy and we're safe and we're comfortable and that's all good, but it can lead us to have unwise expectations. It can lead us to live as if this life owes us something, as if everything should be fantastic, and it can lead us to think that, that, that what we're doing is it's just going to keep on going and it's never going to stop. But friends, we're not in the promised land yet. And so like with Moses in this psalm, we need to ask God to give us the wisdom to realise that this life is going to be short and hard. I reckon Psalm 90 and verse 12 is a memory verse. don't know if you're a memory verse person. It'd be a good thing to be a memory verse person. Psalm 90 verse 12, here's something to, to memorise. Let me see if I've memorised it. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Did I get it right? There you go. Tick, tick for me. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The other day I was talking to a man in our church. He's uh, suffered with a painful injury this year. He's had operations. Hasn't fixed the problem for him. It's left him unable to work. And it's left him not able to do a lot of the things that he enjoys, like skiing and stuff like that. I said to him, mate, this is so terrible for you. That's so hard for you. But he said to me, he said, brother... This is God's good plan. And the good thing about it is this, it is making me look less to this life and more to heaven. Friends, I reckon we need to pray for that kind of wisdom. Wisdom to see this life in the light of God and eternity. I reckon it would be great for us over and over again in this new year to say to ourselves, to say to, say to God, Teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. As we're facing pain and stress and anxiety and tough things, in this, teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. This, this pain, this bad stuff's not going to last. Or, or when, I'm, when I'm thinking about my great successes or whatever it is, teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. It's not going to last. Or even as I'm deciding, what, what's, what's the important thing that I should be doing here? Teach me to number my days, that I may gain a heart of wisdom. Good thing to pray for, don't you reckon, in 2023? Is it one of the things you talked about at the beginning? Asking God for wisdom to see that he is to be feared and your life is short. I doubt anybody asked for that. <laughs> Would have been a good thing to ask for. Second, what was the second thing to pray for? It was wisdom and mercy. Mercy, friends, God is still our eternal dwelling place, our only hope and refuge. If he shows us compassion, 
then we'll continue to enjoy nice North Shore lives of comfort and prosperity and joy. And all the more, through his compassion, we will enjoy life in the new heaven and new earth. But we need to always remember this. If God gives us what we deserve, then like with Israel, our days will pass away under his wrath and the best of our days will be trouble and sorrow and we will finish our years with a moan. That's what we deserve. That's, that's justice. You know, occasionally visitors uh, come to our church and they ask me about the first prayer that we have here each week. Uh, every time we meet, uh, first thing we did in church, um, uh, pretty much the first thing we did in church this year, start off 2023 by saying, oh, dear God, we're such terrible sinners. Sorry, we're so hopeless. Will you please forgive us through the death and resurrection of Jesus? Um, I often get people coming from churches in Sydney where it's much more a positive culture, you know, tell everyone how great life should be and all this sort of stuff. And they go, why are you so negative? Why, why, why all this awful stuff to start each service? But do you remember the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector in Luke's Gospel last year? The Pharisee comes in with all this positive positivity. Oh, God, thanks for my great life. And the tax collector, you know what he said? God have mercy on me, a sinner. Who went home justified that day? It was the tax collector. I'd rather get home justified than having been affirmed in the positivity of life, wouldn't you? At the very centre of who we are as Christians is that we are sinners who through the sheer mercy of God have been forgiven. And friends, we've got to be clear on this. Any good thing that you or I get in this life or the life to come comes to us as undeserved sinners. Not justice, mercy. Any good things that come to us in this life or the next come to us only through the mercy of God. And so, friends, I think we'd be very wise in 2023 to ask God for mercy. Pray like Moses there in verse 13. You want another memory verse? Have compassion on your servants. Wisdom, mercy. Can you remember what the third one was, third prayer? Establishment, establish the work of our hands. Reminds me of another parable we looked at last year in Luke's Gospel. Do you remember the parable of the, the wise manager? And Jesus said, what you need to do is use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Remember that was uh, yeah, the, the idea that um, this life is short. Most of what we do, most of the stuff we do in this life is not going to last. But eternity stands before us and there in eternity will be Jesus and his people. And so what you do for Jesus, your labour in the Lord, is not in vain. What you do for the Lord Jesus in sharing the gospel or in building up Christians or praying for Christians or encouraging, that, that's going to last because Jesus and they will be in heaven with you. That's when you can pray with confidence, God, establish the work of my hands when you're doing things that count for eternity. Well, 1 Timothy 6 says something similar. Uh, this is, uh, this is um, the Apostle Paul telling the pastor of a wealthy church what he should teach them. And so this is, I take this very personally. This is what I should be saying to you. Command those who are rich in this present world, that's you, or soon will be. Command those who are rich in this present world, and me of course as well, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. That's great, but command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they'll lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age 
so they may take hold of the life that is truly life. You see, there's a coming age. There's a life that is truly life, so much more real, so much more valuable, so much more long-lasting than this life. And so here's a good prayer from Psalm 90. Ask God to help us do eternally valuable things in 2023. Is that what you talked about at the beginning? I really, really am hoping and longing and praying in 2023 that I can do something eternally valuable. I have to say, the lady that I was talking to this morning, an older lady in our church, um, when I asked her the question, uh, she said, my great hope for 2023 is to be able to keep planting seeds uh, with the um, carers who look after me in my nursing home. My, 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 my great desire is that they might come to know Christ as Saviour. That's an excellent thing to be hoping for for 2023. Friends, Psalm 90 verse 14 is another great memory verse, I think. Establish the work of our hands. Ask God to help us serve Jesus faithfully. Do things that will have eternal value. Friends, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. What are you going to pray for? I think here are three really good ideas. Pray for wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Pray for mercy. Relent, Lord. Have compassion on your servants. And pray, God, will you please establish the work of our hands in 2023. Let's pray now. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the Lord Jesus Christ, that he has lived and died and risen again from the dead for us. So we know that this life is not all there is. Lord, we acknowledge that this life is short and often hard. We've seen that certainly in 2022 with floods and COVID and flu and interest rate rises, all sorts of things. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would please have mercy on us. Please give us wisdom to live in the light of reality, the shortness of this life, and the eternity that stands before us. And we please establish the work of our hands. May we do things that are of eternal value. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.